Well, hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. No matter where you are watching us live around the world, you are with F1 Experiences, and it's great to have you with us. Uh, my name is James O'Brien, and it is a, uh, a Saturday, and uh, normally around this time we'd be somewhere around the world, uh, racing somewhere, although going by the 2020 calendar, this should be a week off, so I guess that's uh, that's fair enough. Uh, we are chatting very soon with the one and only uh, David Croft from Sky Sports F1. We'll be joining him uh, very soon. We have a stack of questions uh, to get through today that you have submitted so thank you for those um, and uh, and thank you to everybody for uh, for tuning in on this Saturday again no matter where you are uh, around the world lots of people saying hello everybody's waving hello Harley hello Jasmine uh, hello Keith uh, good to have you all with us of course if you are watching this after it's gone live can't say hello to you but uh, your presence is uh, well it's very much appreciated so what we're going to do now is we are going to be joined by the one and only for him to uh, to be in and uh, and join us now and here he is ladies and gentlemen it's david croft hello hello does this work it does work and may i say <laughs> look at your shirt game how amazing is that we've stepped it up today we've stepped it up this is the daniel ricardo tribute shirt uh, for today I love the it. daniel ricardo avocado tribute shirt um yeah. as featured last night on instagram and you said that you wanted me to wear this today so your wish mr o'brien well, is my command that's true because what well, I, I was going to surprise you um I, I may have something that i prepared earlier uh -huh. because uh, at the united states grand prix last year i went and bought this yeah oh, baby <laughs> I was going to wear it, but I'm 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 staying on brand. Anyway, let's uh... <laughs> let's, let's stay on brand. I, I, this is a glorious sunny day today, uh, which is, is why I've it had is. to come out yes. the garden again. I've cut the grass. I've got a I've got oh, a, nice. little, a, a cheeky aloha uh, in my okay. hand just to say nice. uh, hi and cheers to everybody. And sorry that there's no live F1 this weekend, uh, but yeah. it's coming soon. It is coming soon. It I is. promise. It is coming very soon, and we are going to uh, to get onto that uh, very shortly. Now, I think uh, one one of the key questions um, that I have to ask in your mm. opening monologue there is: Have you cut the lines in the grass? It is what's happening to the internet today? Hang oh, on. the internet! <laughs> Put your yes. hand in the air again. Uh, no, I was asking: Have you cut the lines in the grass? Uh, yes, we have got lines in the grass today. She who must be obeyed when it comes to gardening matters has decreed that uh, lines must be put into the grass. But the kids have yes. now gone and played football on there, so the lines have disappeared uh, completely. Okay. All right. So it kind of looked like Wembley Stadium, MCG, yeah, but now not so much. Yeah, and now it looks, okay. like Ed, it looks like Edgar Street, Hereford, uh, for those that remember <laughs> Hereford United all those years ago. And uh, well, it's not quite as muddy, but there you go. All right. Well, that's good to hear. Good to hear. Well, at least you made the effort. You know, there's points for that. Uh, hello to everybody who is watching around the world. We've got people from uh, from Italy. I'm seeing there, uh, Perth in Western Australia, all over the globe. So uh, it is great to uh, have you with us. Uh, Crofty, before we came live, I was mentioning uh, that we've got a stack of questions uh, yes. from all of our, our followers on, on social media um, that have sent those in. So we will get to those shortly. But let's just say in the last in the last week, it's been uh, it's been quite a week. Uh, for Formula One, we've had uh, a number of number of stories break. We've had the news about McLaren having to shed um, some jobs as, as a result of the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, we've had the story of Williams 
who have uh, lost their title partner. Uh, they too are now looking for financial support in some in some way. Uh, the previous week, we had a driver swap with Ricardo moving mm. and Sainz moving and, uh, and now, presumably, Sebastian Vettel without a drive. I mean, on top of that as well, we've got a supposed calendar of where we're racing in a few weeks. I mean, it, it's... it's where do you want to start? Where do you want to yeah, start? Yeah, well, that's it. Chat. Um, well, I tell you what. Let, let, let's let's start. Let's start with the most uh, with, with the most pressing um, okay. story at the moment, which is which is the one about Williams. Um, we all woke up yesterday uh, morning to the news that they've they've parted company with their with their title sponsor, which is a huge blow, and now they are looking for investment. Yeah. <laughs> Look, there's, there's, there's ways to read into this. You can either look very negatively or you can look with a, with a positive outlook. And I think Williams mm. are trying to look very much with a positive outlook at the moment. Certainly the chats that I've had from within the team. Um, this is nothing to get majorly alarmed about. Uh, and I know the headlines scream, Williams looking for, for takeover. Well, they are, but it's a number of options that they're actually pursuing at the moment. And uh, the reason we got it first thing yesterday is because Williams obviously are a, a, public, a limited company. You can buy shares in them. Mm -hmm. They have to go through a certain process when they make announcements like this. So let's deal with the Rocket sponsorship first. My understanding is they've not paid. Uh, and there was uh, money that wasn't paid at the back end of last year as well, for whatever reason. And Williams say they fulfilled all their obligations. And because... Uh, for whatever reason, not my understanding is because the, the money hasn't been paid. Uh, they are terminating that sponsorship deal. That whatever whatever's gone before now leaves a black hole in the finances because you know that's a, a, at least fifteen million pounds a year that, that needs filling, yeah. and it was a long term sponsorship deal as well. So that's that's not good for any team. Um, so Williams are now saying, right, we need we need cash. Everyone needs cash. Um, we can either accept a minority. Uh, shareholding uh, and a purchase of shares. We can accept a majority uh, purchase of shares. We can accept uh, a takeover. We can look at new sponsorships uh, as well. Every option is on the table. But one of those options does mean that the team that has been in the Williams family um, since, you know, 1977, isn't it, that, that, that Williams Grand Prix Holdings came into being, could now not be um, run by the Williams family. And, and that obviously is a is a big story in Formula One terms. It's big for the Williams family. It's big for the history and the heritage of our sport. Um, and we don't really want to see that. But if it means that the team, and, and when I say the team, it's factory, it's employees, it's drivers, yeah. everybody carries on in Formula One and that history carries on for the future, then that's got to be a good thing. It's got to be great yeah. for the sport that, that, that someone comes in. And I think someone will step in. And it's not like yeah. Williams haven't got people associated with them already with money. Roy Nissany, a very big um, signing last year in financial terms as one of their reserve drivers. Nicholas Latifi, obviously his family uh, have money as well. And they might be taking uh, something of a, uh, of a stake in the team. We shall see. Um, but yeah, in the next four months, I think it will become a lot clearer. Williams has the engineering side, which is profitable. Uh, they sold a stake in that last year. Um, they're not, it's not like sinking money into a pit and you're never going to get any money back. Uh, the way that Formula One is going to be run in the future, and we can talk about that as well, means that now might be a good time uh, to get involved yeah. and take over a Formula One team. But it would, be, it would be such a shame if the team went out of business. That's why they're now saying, 
uh, these are our options. We're going to look at them to make sure that we don't go out of business and we keep our fingers crossed yeah. that they don't. We absolutely do. And I've seen uh, I've seen many people trying to uh, to raise a crowdfunding uh, scheme to, to, to maybe try and rescue yeah. Williams in, in in that way. So, you know, if you've got a, a few spare bob, we should uh, we should look at that. But uh, but let's also just just very quickly touch on the McLaren story. Uh, we've seen there the twelve hundred uh, jobs again. Uh, potentially um, being lost there again as a result of the uh, the COVID-19 crisis. We're going to see a few more of these, aren't we? Well, yeah, look, internationally, COVID has, has caused such a disruption in the way that we go about mm. our business on a day-to-day -day basis and economically as well. Formula One can't expect to be exempt from that. So, we are going to see, sadly, uh, redundancies happening within our sport. Now, my hope, you know, if, I, if I'm being optimistic and I'm being a bit of a dreamer and I sometimes get accused of that, my hope is that one day we might actually have a couple more teams on the grid in a, in yeah. a, in a new low-cost era of Formula One that can absorb some of the redundancies that, that we're going through. Now, I don't think that Liberty, uh, as the commercial rights holder, are necessarily interested in that. And I'm sure the other teams aren't necessarily interested because they might get less money as a result uh, from the pot. But if the money is there, and I think it probably is, and we can freeze engines in terms of developments, which to a certain extent we have, and we can freeze the regulations to which, to a certain extent, we have – and we can impose a cost cap, which we now have, then isn't it a good time now to say, let's open it out to serious contenders and see if there are a couple more teams? Because wouldn't you love to see, and, and, and the fans out there as well, let, let me know what you think and, and give us your comments. Wouldn't you love to see more variety on the grid, more drivers on the grid, more teams, people coming into the sport from, from F2 or from other series? And, and just to... Just to give Formula One a, a bit of an injection of, of variety. I, I don't want yeah. to see the same 10 teams for the next 15 years. I want to see new teams coming through. It, you know, it's it's one, of, yeah. one of the delights of Red Bull. You know, they, they, they came from Stuart Grand Prix, from, from Stuart Ford, from Jaguar. And, and now, you know, we're seeing amazing um, history and, and part of the sport that, that Red Bull have provided. Uh, Mercedes have come back as a, as, a, as, a, as a manufacturer team. We saw Super Aguri uh, in recent years as well. Uh, we saw Caterham. We, we saw Marussia. You know, we could have seen, you know, Team USA, but that never quite happened. But we've got Haas now. And Haas are on the yeah. grid. And, and, it, and it's great to see new teams uh, coming into the sport. You, you don't want the same old teams all the time. So, so that would be my hope for the future. But we are going to have to um, look at redundancies because, you know, teams aren't going to be spending as much money because they can't because the regulations have changed. And they've changed for, for, for good reasons, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and in fact, uh, you've alluded to something there because um, remarkably uh, in, in this era, uh, all the teams are starting to agree, which is something that we don't usually get. And there's been a raft of, of new rules and new regulations that have all been uh, drafted in for the future, which will bring everybody closer together. It will allow for a little bit more competition. And instead of the top two or yep. three running away with it all, it's now going to be a little bit closer together, isn't it? Uh, well, absolutely. Um, that, that, that is the idea by, by imposing this cost cap. We seem to have also aerodynamic tweaks now as, as well have have yep. come in where teams can't exploit uh, the rules as much and that then stops them spending quite so much money. I hope my internet connection's okay here. If it's not, it's coming go, in and I'm out, but go... we can we can put two and two right. together. You're fine. <laughs>
I might need to go and tell the kids to turn off whatever game they're playing at the moment and then and absorbing the internet. Um, uh, sorry, where was I? <laughs> so we're talking about regulations. Um, the, the thing that I think is, is absolutely brilliant is the, uh, what I'm going to call the Otmar Safnau regulation because he's been, he's been talking about this for, for many a long year and it's finally come to fruition, whereby the more successful you are in a season, the less wind tunnel time you get for the next year. And the least successful you are, the more wind tunnel time you get. So in this low-cost era where everyone can afford to participate, now you're going to get the, the sporting penalty whereby if you're Mercedes and you're winning championships, you get less time to be as good or to develop to be as good for next year in the wind tunnel. And others get a chance to play catch-up. It's like This is almost like Formula One's version of, of American football's draft system, you know, yeah. the NFL's draft system. This is a brilliant idea, and Otmar's been talking about this for years, and he deserves some credit for, for keeping mm. banging on. And I think this is the regulation that's going to really help Formula One in that it's going to assist teams that need assistance to help them help themselves to climb further up to the, to, to, to the top of the grid. And they might not win races, but we might get closer racing as a result of it. And that eventually is what you and I and all of F1 Experience's customers at the racetrack and walking around the paddock that they can do and cheering on the, uh, the heroes from the Champions Club want to see. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and you know, that, um, that, that excitement that you feel when everybody is a lot closer together. And I'm, I'm going back a few years, and you and I have been in this sport a, a long old time. But uh, how it used to be, you know, when everybody was a lot closer together and you didn't know what was going to happen. It, it was just so thrilling. <laughs> there were periods, trust me, let's take off the rose tinted spectacles. There were periods where, you know, it yeah. wasn't as close as it is now. But we have had periods of competition in the past. It's uh, We've been doing a lot of watching alongs on sky sports f1 and it's been fabulous to watch these old races um, yeah. but we're cherry picking the classics there were some stinkers in the past as well <laughs> and we don't get as we actually don't get as many stinkers as we used to that's for sure yeah that's for sure that is for sure well crofty i'm pleased to say that uh, there's a lot of comments coming in about your shirt and uh well, good. do you know what? all my comments it. all my comments are frozen i cannot see comments oh. at all everything is frozen uh, okay. Right from the start. So Sean McGowan, who sounds like a, a bad version of the Pogues League singer, was the last uh, comment I had on this one. So uh, okay. yeah, do, do keep them coming in. James, you're going to have to read the comments today. Sorry. I, I, I will. That's fine. Look, let's just say that everybody loves the shirt. And in case uh, anybody missed it earlier, uh, here's, here's my version. <laughs> and I, I, this... Honestly, it's the worst dad's barbecue you could ever think of, isn't it? Yeah, oh, oh, no, absolutely. We thought we'd do one today. Um, yeah. Now, listen, this is Maui shirts, right? I'm going to give them a plug because I bought okay. this with my own fair money. Um, it wasn't a freebie uh, at all. But, <laughs> you, you know, sometimes when you wake up and you look at Instagram, you see adverts, and it's like 8 o'clock in the morning, and you do an impulse yes. buy. Here it is, yes. ladies and gentlemen. This is the impulse buy of the day. I'm a sucker for a marketing scam. Yeah, me too, me too. The things that I have brought <laughs> off of, uh, of off of Amazon in the last 10 weeks. I don't even know what I'm going to do with half of them. But anyway, it's it's uh, it's all good. It's all good. Yes, my it's electric weed burner uh, was not quite as good as the, as the advertising material suggested. That's yeah, yeah, again. yes. Uh, and let's just say those high-pressure um, hoses that seems to be on every single uh, Instagram – they don't work because I've tried it and, and it just blew up in my face. But anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about something that we hope won't blow up in Sebastian Vettel's face. Uh, that's the news a couple of weeks ago. Now we spoke to um, uh, Corinne Chanhock about this uh, on our chat last week. Uh, no drive at the moment. Um, where do you think he might end up? I think he might end up 
I'll be bold here. I mm-hmm. think he might end up driving the Valkyrie in the World Endurance Championship. Oh, interesting. Uh, this is just this is my 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 hypothesis, if that is the mm-hmm. right word on this Saturday afternoon. I um, it's a big one. <laughs> I have no inside knowledge on this one at all, but I I don't think Seb, reading between the lines, really has the desire and the appetite for Formula One and for 22 races a year at this current time. That doesn't mean to say he wants to stop racing. I don't think he does. He loves going racing. I just don't think he has the desire to race in Formula One. And if there's a chance that he can uh, team up with Adrian Newey once again uh, in in the World Endurance Championship, I think he'll take that. Um, I don't think he'll want to drive in the midfield uh, after all the success that he's had. So... That that kind of rules out every single drive that's open to him. And whilst Lewis Hamilton hasn't signed for Mercedes yet, I fully expect that to happen. And Toto yeah. Wolff to stay as well. Because why mm. would Toto Wolff leave Mercedes? Why would Lewis Hamilton leave Mercedes? They're, they're, both, they're both doing very well. I, I just think they need to get the conditions for them staying uh, absolutely right for them. Take the time. You, you, you've got plenty of it. Um, so it, kinda, it leaves Renault as, as an option. I don't think Renault is an option for Sebastian Vettel. Despite all the success that he had with Renault engines, I don't think he'll go there to the works team. I, I personally think Fernando Alonso will end up at Renault because he's desperate to come back into Formula One. And I think Renault are desperate to have him. And I think, you know, Alonso Ocon, what a great team that would be. It'd be super. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, fantastic. I, I, a, lot, a lot of comments coming in, so I'm going to jump in. A lot of comments yeah, coming in do. saying um, re- replace uh, Veltery Bottas and have a Why? Hamilton Vettel super team. Why would you? Why, Why, would, you do Why would you do that? If you're Mercedes, why would you spend more money to achieve the same results? Look, look at it logically. Valtteri Bottas had his best year last year, and he finished second. Most years, when Lewis wins the title, you know, or when Lewis is there, Valtteri's kind of runner-up to him, or sometimes beats him as well. Mercedes are a six-time double constructors champion. They are doing everything they need to do. You get rid of Bottas and hire Vettel, the only thing you're going to achieve is the same result, but it's going to cost you 15 million quid a year more. So why, yeah. why would you do that, guys? Yeah. And besides, yeah. why get rid of Valtteri Bottas? What is Bottas doing wrong? He's not. He's a, he's, he's a perfect bridesmaid, isn't he? I, I'm he's sorry that. to use that term, but he really well, is. He's not just that. He's, 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 the, he's the bridesmaid who caught the bouquet and often gets married. He just doesn't go on the big honeymoon at the end of the season with a World <laughs> Championship trophy. Um, I, 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 oh, I can see why people would want to put Seb and Lewis together. It would be mega to oh, see yeah. But and fireworks no, as well, let's yeah, face it. Exactly. But it makes no practical sense. So, so let's yeah. just be real here and stop, mm-hmm. and stop dreaming of that one. You know, I, we, we can all have dreams that are unrealistic, and I think this one goes into that column. Unless... Okay, what, what, what about, hang on, I'm going to jump in again. Uh, a lot of people here on the comments saying, what if, what if George Russell moves up and Bottas goes somewhere else, say to Renault? No, I think George Russell will move up, not next year, but maybe the year after. But that, mm-hmm. that's possible. And it is possible that George Russell moves up for next season. And you have to watch the Williams situation with interest because if, if Roy Nassani, um, or if, if, if the money that Roy Nassani is bringing to Williams is influential enough to save the team, then you could see Roy Nassani, once he's able to get a super license, getting a drive at Williams. But I don't think he's got enough super license points at the moment um, to get a full-time drive. But if he did, then, yes, he could take George Russell's drive uh, on that one. But George Russell will go to a team higher up the grid eventually. It might Mm -hmm. not happen 
next year. It might be the year after. But I could definitely see that Mercedes switch because he is a Mercedes yeah. man. And if you're going to have a young driver program, then, then you've got to feed them through to the top team. And George is, mm. is more than capable of doing that. But I don't think it'll happen soon unless the Williams situation dictates and, and, and the likes of Nissani get a drive at Williams. Yeah, well, he's certainly very passionate and very determined uh, yeah. to make it to a to, to a top team and uh, and win a championship one day. And uh, and I guess that's the that's the dream of of every driver who gets strapped into a uh, to a Formula yeah. One cockpit. Now, keep, keep, we're keep talking... those comments coming in, though. I, I, I may yes. poo poo them, but keep them coming in because somewhere <laughs> out there is is an absolute nugget that needs reading. And James, you're going to have to do it because my my comments have frozen completely. I'm that's sorry. okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on them as they uh, as they stream on in. But uh, of course, we haven't really had any official. Uh, We've had some some, some e-racing um, this year, and uh, we're just going to divert from Formula One uh, just for a minute. Just touch on Formula E. We had uh, Daniel Apt um, uh, in the Formula E series bring in a ringer, as they've called it, yeah. and had somebody else drive for him uh, in the in the series. And as a result of this, his team Audi have come out and said, "Right, that's it. He's suspended. It's it's it, it it's off." Do, do you think that that sort of thing was maybe a step too far? Are we no. taking you know this this e-racing no. too serious? What do you think? Right, okay, so we're staging e-racing at the moment. Um, if, okay, let's go back. E-racing is a sport, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it is a valid sport, and people take part in that sport under the, under the assumption that the people they think they're racing against, they're racing against. And it is put up as a proper sport and should be regarded as a proper sport. And a lot of people around the world get a lot of interest and, and happiness by watching and participating in esports. You can also have a bet on it as well, um, as far as I'm aware. If that's the case, then if you think for a laugh it would be great to get a ringer in to replace you, you are cheating your fellow competitors, you are cheating your audience, and you're cheating the people that are paying you the money to represent them. Therefore, I'm not surprised Audi took the view they did. Now, it might seem really harsh, but Audi are, have, have a, a corporate governance that, and I'm sure Daniel Abt will have this in his contract because everyone will have this in their contract, that if you bring that company into disrepute, then, then you're going to face the consequences of it. Now, it might be they bring him back into the fold uh, one day and, and then it all gets forgotten. But I think they're right to do that. You can't just bring in somebody else because you're cheating. You know, yeah. it's like, well, in which case then, um, Renault will bring in Fernando Alonso to replace, you know, Esteban Ocon for a race because they think it's a really good idea. Not that I'm saying it is a good idea. I'm just picking out some names off the top of my head. And they'll put him in Ocon's race suit and they'll put him, put him in Ocon's crash helmet and you'll never notice that it's a different person under the, the helmet. Will, will, we, will we stand for that? No, we wouldn't stand for that. So no, if esports no. is a is a valid sport, which it is, then you can't stand for that either. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know Daniel Apt. Uh, I've, I've never met Daniel Apt, to my knowledge. I don't know why he thought it was a good idea, but it seemed like a very silly thing to do. Yeah, no, agreed completely. And uh, of course, uh, the E Series does continue to uh, to roll on across many different uh, categories until we until we get back to racing and do what we do best, particularly with F1 experiences, getting people into the paddock and bringing you closer to Formula One than ever before. And uh, there's been a, uh, a little bit of news um, leaking out, and various news um, uh, websites are reporting that we could see 
uh, the European calendar for Formula One by next week, which is hugely exciting. We're looking forward to, uh, to taking a look at that. Um, I've seen two or three different versions. I'm not really sure which one, which one to trust. So we're not going to sort of mention races or anything like that because we don't really know until it's official. But um, presumably, starting in July, I mean, we're going to go back to racing, fan-free for the moment, until it's safe, but it's exciting. Yeah, for those that haven't seen the news this morning as well, I've, I've read that the Austrian government are reported to have given the green light for the races at the ah. Red Bull Ring to go ahead. Um, it broke about an hour and a half ago, which is brilliant news. I'm, I'm really chuffed about that because I... I I want to get back to live sport again. You want to get back to live sport again. I think it's it's absolutely heartbreaking that, that people won't be at the racetrack to experience it as well. Um, growing up, one of the, the most beautiful things that I always enjoyed, whatever it was I was going to see, was witnessing sport live in the flesh. And, and trust me, guys, you're not going to get any closer to the action live at a racetrack than you do with F1 experiences. And, and you get some amazing behind-the-scenes tours and insight that you, you just don't get sitting in the grandstand all the time um but even sitting in the grandstand uh would be just a magnificent antidote to the lockdown that we've all faced and we've, we've all had to go through but that can't mm. happen just yet for obvious reasons and as soon as it can then i'm sure formula one working with the right authorities and working safely uh will allow uh, people to, to trickle back in and, and F1 experiences will open up the doors and you can get that great experience. But for the meantime, we need to go racing. Premier League's coming back. La Liga's coming back. Bundesliga in Germany has already come back. Uh, you've mm -hmm. even got wrestling, I think, in the United States as well. So live sport is happening. Horse racing, I think, from Monday is coming back as well. Um, this is a different sort of horsepower and requires a different approach to it because even without fans at the track, you're still looking at 2,000 people at a race circuit and it has to be done properly. We have to be tested regularly and rigorously and we have to make sure that when we return to our various countries, excuse me, uh, we return to our various countries that we're not spreading the virus um, yeah. in, in any way, shape or form. Now, as long as yeah. we can satisfy all the requisite requirements of the countries we're going to and the countries that we live in and the countries that we're going on to next, then we should have a nice, healthy European calendar that involves two races in Austria, a race in Hungary, two races at Silverstone, and then potentially Spain and Belgium and Italy as well. Um, and if all those races go ahead, then you've got yourself a world championship, which is yeah. absolutely brilliant. And then we can look further afield and we can take our time as a sport to look further afield. We go to the Middle East as well. But, but we, don't, we don't know what the situation worldwide is going to be yet in December. We can only yeah. plan for the European season. And, and, and plans are being put in place. And we at Sky Sports F1 uh, will be covering it to the best of our abilities and giving you the best possible coverage we can possibly do at this time in yeah. whatever shape or form that is. And I actually don't know uh, yet whether well, I'm well, actually, be races or not. One of the questions yeah, that came through then, Crofty, was uh, will you actually be? Um, will you be there? Will, will you be at the racetrack doing the calling? Will the entire Sky team be there? Well, that yeah, it's, that is the intention and that is the wish 
from from Sky that we are there because you know we 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 know that we can bring you a much better coverage by being in the paddock, uh, in the pit lane, uh, in the commentary box at the back of the grandstand. We, we can bring you that better coverage, but we have to take guidance from everybody on that one. So, uh, yeah. so I'm, I'm not going to make any announcements because actually I don't know uh, as it stands at the moment. We've got a call on Monday and I might find out then. Uh, to be fair, well, it's all such time. It- My suitcase remains unpacked. Well, I was going to say, my, my, my suitcase, my F1 experiences, uh, Alpine Stars uh, suitcase, is, is actually in my closet <laughs> ready to go. It's packed. I have to take this shirt out of it every single week. Uh, in fact, it's the only time all week I put a shirt on. Not that I walk around the house topless, please. Um, but anyway, no. I divulge and probably go a step too far. But anyway, um, look, we are having a, a couple of technical uh, glitches. Your Wi-Fi is uh, dropping in and out. Mine's dropping in and out as well. So uh, this is this is the world of, of modern broadcasting, but uh, we'll, we'll try and keep this going for, for as long as we can. Uh, and if we drop out, we'll come back. Um, Crofty, we're going to have to get to some of our fan questions because we've Go got lots it. of them. Um, and I've had a couple come through and, and a, a couple of different people ask this. Apart from Martin Brundle and, yes. of course, me, yeah. uh, who else Who else would you want to stand next to in the commentary box? Uh, well, it's Anthony Davidson, uh, Paul DeResta, Johnny Herbert, and Damon Hill, obviously, need to get that mm-hmm. out uh, right away. Of course, um, of course. Chris Evans, we've done at Monaco, and that was a personal thrill. Uh, it really was, because I was a massive and still am big fan of Chris Evans, and to have him in the commentary box uh, was just magnificent. Jackie Stewart has been in the commentary box. John Watson has been in the commentary box over the years. Uh, so Sterling Moss uh, in the box, too. God rest his soul. That was a, a beautiful moment. From today, who would I like to have in the commentary box if I possibly could? I would love one day to stand in a commentary box alongside Kimi Raikkonen. And I would like Kimi Raikkonen's thoughts what? throughout the Grand Prix. I like a what? challenge. Yeah. I think it would be fantastic. You would get the most honest, refreshing assessment of every incident with a man like Kimi who doesn't hold back. Now, would, would there be an open bar during this commentary <laughs> session? Because I, I think then it would probably be a little bit more exciting. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Champions Club, James. Uh, this is no, where, that's true. <laughs> this is where we do the sober work, uh, I'm afraid. Um, Kimi Raikkonen, I think, would, be, would just be absolutely magnificent. I, uh, yeah. I, I would have a lot of fun uh, with him on that one. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going for Kimi. Great question. Okay. All right. Well, listen, we're going to get on with uh, some of these other uh, questions we've got because we've got so many of them. Authentic memorabilia. You ready for this one? If you were a driver today, all cars had parity and all teams offered identical contracts. Which team would you drive for and why? Which team would I drive for? I uh, well, I want to drive for Mercedes, wouldn't I? Because they're the champion. Oh, but they all got parity. Yeah, they're uh, all parity. They're all the same now. All the drivers all the are the same. same. All the same. All the teams all the are the same. same. Yeah. Well, look, I'm tempted to say Red Bull because then I've got less of a commute to go to work in, in, in the morning because it's only about four <laughs> miles away. And I drive for Ferrari um, because they have yeah. history and heritage. And, and everyone has history and heritage. But the company car would be magnificent. This is absolutely no detriment to McLaren, who also do very good company cars. Um, yeah. But you'd want to drive for Ferrari. You know, the, 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 the Tifosi. You know, I could be Il Leone too. Um, I'm about the right build to be another Nigel Mansell on this one. Um, I'd have to grow the moustache, but I think I think that would work. Yeah, I, 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 Ferrari would be the one, but if yeah. anyone offered me a contract, I'd go for it. All right, and, and what about if you could bring a classic team 
like a van wall or a march or a tyrol or something back to the grid. Now that's a curveball. That, 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 that's one from me. That's a curveball. So I've sort of expanded authentic memorabilia as a question. So could I bring a classic team back to mm. the grid? Yes. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go. I'd go for Brabham, hands down, Brabham. Yeah, but yeah, that's no, just no, no. that's just me. Brabham would be lovely, but I think I'd bring Lotus back again. And um, but I, I'd want Colin Chapman to be reincarnated because I think I think yeah. I think I could get on with Colin Chapman. I, I, I like the cut <laughs> of his jib, as it were. I think I think that that would just be the yeah Lotus. Bring Lotus back, please. Lotus. Or, all right, or, or Tyrrell because I used to love the Tyrrells as well. But not the tools yeah. with the big kind of wings, the old Mikasalo wing thing at the front. Oh, yeah. the, 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 old, the, the royal blue Tyrrells from the early 70s. I love them. Six-wheeler? Oh, man. I, I had a little die-cast model of the six-wheeler. I thought it was mega. <laughs> <laughs> All right. While we're talking about uh, bringing things back, uh, let's go on to Jack Leonard 09. He says, if you were to have two retired drivers return to the grid, who would they be? Fernando Alonso straight away. Um, yeah. a, there's unfinished business there. Um, I'd love to see Fernando Alonso. And are, are we talking? They come back in their their heyday. Can I can I go way way back and pretend? That go back as far as you like. As far as you like. I want Sterling Moss back again. Um, I, yeah. I love I love Sterling Moss, and he had unfinished business and deserved a world title as well. Um, Indeed. From from recent history, Fernando Alonso definitely, and. Oh, who else? Who else from recent history? I mean, because like, you could say, oh, I want to see Jim Clark on the same grid as Lewis, and I do. Uh, I want to see Jackie Stewart on the same mm -hmm. grid as Lewis. I want to see Damon Hill uh, come back. And, you know, we want all the classic guys to come back. But from those that you could just put into a car uh, tomorrow, Nick Heidfeld and Fernando Alonso. Quick Nick. Quick Nick. Because, you see, I always felt a bit sorry for Quick Nick. Honestly, he, he nearly reduced me to tears in the commentary box once. We were in Canada, and we were talking about the 1-2 that BMW Sauber had. And he led part of that race. He was on a two-stop strategy. Robert Kubica was on a three-stop. And he, at one stage, had to let him pass. And I said, do you regret doing that? And he said, he looked, he looked me in the eye and went, yeah. He said, I do. That was my yeah. only chance to win a Grand Prix. And if I could go back and do it again, I'd do it differently and not let him pass because he took away yeah. my chance by being on that strategy. He said, yeah, and yeah. I'm never going to win a Grand Prix. So I quite like him to come back and try and win a Grand Prix. I, 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 yeah. I do like Nick Heifold. He's a top lad. No, I uh, had the pleasure of working with Nick and Robert um, when um, BMW Sauber many years ago when we were all uh, a lot younger. Um, and he's, also uh, got, he's also got a beautiful speech impediment and he'd be shooting up the rankings in no time. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to go anywhere near that. Um, <laughs> you, you and I um, and everyone in F1 Experiences and the entire um, Sky team, we all get the, the privilege, let's be honest, of traveling the world, working in yep. Formula One. And um, uh, Jim on F1 says, does it feel the same every year? We go to the same circuits, the same hotels, the same restaurants. Does it always feel, 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 feel the same or no, is it always no, fresh? No, it's always fresh. I mean, my job's always fresh because I never know what's going to happen from the minute we yep. go on air. To, the, to when the checkered flag falls. So, so that keeps it fresh. Uh, we go to new places. We were meant to be going to, to Holland this year. Uh, we were meant to be going to Vietnam this year. This, you mm -hmm. know, the, the work that F1 experiences that you guys have done for Zanvor, it's, it's 
such a crying shame that we can't go there this year. Next year, Crofty, next year. We'll be there. Honestly, I can't (laughs) wait to see your beach club. I will wear the shirt in your beach club next year because this this is made for a Dutch beach club. Uh, well, I've got to say, on the positive, we won't need lights if you're going to wear that, so we're no, good. Not at all. No, no, no. I'll, I'll have sunburn <laughs> and the avocado shirts. Uh, but no, it, it, honestly, it never feels um, stilted. There's, there's loads of places that we go. And in, in the main, to be honest, we'd go hotel, racetrack, restaurant, bed, hotel, racetrack, restaurant. You know, it, it, it all repeats itself. But, you know, Australia this year, I, I went to... I went, I went to two new restaurants in Australia that I hadn't been to before. And I also, I, st- I managed to go running along the, the banks of the Yarra. Anyone down in Melbourne, you, you'll probably do this run. But it's a great run along the Yarra towards the MCG and, and the Olympic Park. And I, I, hadn't, I hadn't been down that way before, to be honest. Yeah. I've been to Melbourne God knows how many times. Normally, I kind of go running in St Kilda. Uh, but I, I changed it around this year. And, and so you do discover new parts and new places and new things to do. For, first time I, I, I'd ever been on the Great Ocean Road as well. I, I went yeah. and did a, a trip on the Great Ocean Road. If you're going, by the way, if you ever go to the Australian Grand Prix, stay on for a few days in Melbourne and just take a couple of days or, or even a day. You can do mm. quite a bit in a day to go on the Great Ocean Road. It's mega down there. Um, and if you pop in at the Koala Cafe, say hello. Because uh, yeah, oh, I like that place. It is a beautiful part of the world, and you are right. Um, you do get to experience, and, and, I, and I guess do more exploring if you are a runner. Um, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I, I think I, I'm going to be honest. I think the last time I ran was after Mr. Whippy when I missed him out the front of the house, but that's really uh, about it. As long um, as you got your when, flake, that's fine. I, I did get the flake, believe you sure. me. I got two. Um, let's, uh, let's go back to the, uh, to the Williams story. Craig Williams, 82, he says uh, news that Williams potentially um, looking to sell, get some investment. What if? Here we go. We like these what ifs. What if Mercedes brought the team and made themselves a B team and called them Williams AMG? Why, why would Mercedes do that? Um, yeah, they could buy a stake in it. It would be expensive. Mercedes aren't exactly flushed with cash worldwide at the moment. People aren't buying mm-hmm. cars. Yes, yes, they could. There is a what if, and that might not be a bad move for a, for a George Russell. Uh, for instance, but I think, I think Williams. See, you had this with Red Bull and, and, and AlphaTauri, whereby AlphaTauri is the, the the sister team, but they're quite self sufficient and they have got big sponsors on that car, and I think Williams would have to have that because Mercedes wouldn't want to pump in huge amounts of money year after year after year just to to keep a B team going. Um, you know, it didn't work with Honda and Super Aguri, uh, that idea. Mm-hmm. It probably has worked with Red Bull and, Al- and, and Toro Rosso stroke Alfa Tori, but, but it's worked mainly to keep their drivers happy and to give their drivers a chance. It's a good what if. I don't see it happening, not in the mm-hmm. current climate, but it could be a way to save Williams, but I don't think that's the route that will happen. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Well answered. Um, I've got another one here from uh, Sammy J. Uh, the most... Actually, I don't quite know how to word this and try and condense the question down. So I'm just going to make it nice and easy. What's the most beautiful helmet you've ever seen? Oh, well. <laughs> there is, it was there the is question. question. I just, there I we love, go. <laughs> right. Crash helmet. I love. Crash helmet. Thank you. I love Graham Hills um, and then subsequently Damon Hills. And I love the fact that Damon kept that on. I love Nicky yeah. Lauders. I um, absolutely adore James Hunt's very plain 
um, crash helmets. Uh, Sebastian Vettel has come out with some blinders uh, in his time. And I think I like the twinkly light one. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. I think when we first went to Singapore, we saw some amazing uh, twinkly night race uh, light up helmets. I like Lewis Hamilton's uh, Senna tribute helmet um, that yeah. we, we've seen over the years. But what's the most beautiful? Like Jackie Stewart's as well. I, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because I, I was thinking about this, I, and, and I'm, I'm normally I just default straight to Senna. I think the well, simplicity of that, yes. you know, there's just something about it. It's iconic. You see it and you know, same with Mansell. You just knew it was him. You, did. you know what which, I mean? Which, which is why I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, because I do think less is more sometimes uh, with, with crash helmets. Mm. Like Mike, Michael Schumacher for me, you know, yeah. right colour, right style. Always knew it was him. I mean, look, normally he was in the lead, so you knew it was him. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but you knew that was Michael. And uh, yeah. it was like the Red Baron after Snoopy, wasn't it? You know, there, there was, uh, you could see it in your wing mirrors, and you knew Michael was coming after you. So I think it set the right tone uh, for an overtake. I'd, I'd go with Schumacher's, but, yeah, Senna would be a very close second on that. Okay. Lizzie84 has said that um, there's been some chat about Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris taking on Australia's greatest race, the Bathurst 1000. Yeah. Do you think there's any legs in that? There's more legs in that uh, than, uh, than a centipede with a couple, of, couple more limbs. Uh, no, I think there is. Now he's going, going to McLaren. I think McLaren would encourage that one a lot. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they would stand in his way if he or Lando wanted to do it. But by the way, I, I think the move for Daniel to go to McLaren, he probably he probably would have wanted to go to Ferrari. He admitted he was in talks with Ferrari, um, but I think that will be a good move for Daniel Ricciardo, um, and I think it will get him back into contention for a bigger race seat in the future, or he'll be in the right place at the right time as McLaren start to recover and yeah. get on the podium and win races. He can't lose yeah. by going to McLaren. Carlos Sainz can't lose by going to Ferrari either. I'm really chuffed for him. I think that's a great yeah. move uh, for him. Yeah. But yeah I, yeah, I would love to see Daniel Ricciardo at Bathurst, and I would uh, move heaven and earth to go down and witness that one in the flesh as well. Um, yeah, I, just, just to... to I, I, I've not experienced Bathurst, but I'm told it is a, a brilliant weekend and, oh, yeah. and, and well worth your time. So, uh, yeah, count, count me in. Well, maybe you and I should speak to the bosses and we'll just have uh, Bathurst 1000 experiences. We'll, Mega we'll make idea. Like that, <laughs> we'll make it happen. You, you've got power. We'll, we can do that. We, we've got a link somewhere. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> um, we've got, uh, we're, we're running out of time. In fact, we're over time. Uh, this was only meant to be 30 minutes. We've already yeah. gone 40. It's just, it's what happens when we get together. It's James, just what happens. I'm a commentator. Don't expect me to give you short answers. It doesn't happen. There is that. There is that. Um, okay. Listen, we've got, uh, we've got time for one more. And I, I think, um, I think this one could, uh, could be, uh, fairly easily. Uh, answered, I hope, anyway. Uh, Lizzie84 has said, uh, out of all the classic Formula One tracks that there are out there, not currently on the calendar, yep. which one would you bring back and why? Absolutely easy question, and I fully believe that we would have a better Formula One season if this was featured on the calendar more often. Istanbul Park, Turkey. I, I yeah. I, I just think it's such a crying shame that politics got in the way of a bloody good racetrack. Turn yeah. eight, magnificent. Um, yeah. Bumpy track. The braking zone at the end of the long straight. Great for overtaking. The way that, that you're followed then by a load of short corners as it zigzags its way, uh, Austin style, to, to the start-finish line. 
and a Senares's style first corner uh, to go through as well. I think yeah. Istanbul Park was was a classic racetrack. Sadly, in, in the wrong country in terms of uh, Formula One support. And if you could just lift it up, plonk it somewhere else in the world that wanted to host Formula One for the next 20 years, please do so. I love it. Austin is great. I love Austin. But imagine Istanbul Park and an Austin on the same calendar. Because Austin, I think, is one of the, is, is the track that's come through in the last few years that, that I like the most. I really do. And mm. um, yeah. yeah, Turkey, were, without a shadow of a doubt, but they messed around with that race and it was a crying shame. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, I think we were both there to witness one of Lewis Hamilton's best ever drives yeah. uh, back in uh, back in GP2, uh, back, back in the day. Absolutely. And then and then you had the whole kind of North Cyprus uh, thing on the podium, which didn't help. But I think that was used as an excuse not to go back there again. Politics got in the way. Don't like that. Yeah, yeah. So not, not, not good at all. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my comments now have also um, frozen and we are uh, just about um, out of time. But there has been a question that I noticed earlier come in. And okay. I just want to touch on this one quickly. Uh, we're talking about potentially uh, when our calendar is formally announced uh, next week, I believe. I, I know that there's been some stuff in the press, but formally announced. Uh, we're going to have some races where we're going in the same location twice. So potentially yeah. Austria, potentially Silverstone. Do you think they're going to modify the track in some way? Do you think I, I know at Silverstone you can have the National Corps the Grand Prix course. No, do you think they might mix it up a bit? No, I don't. Um, you no. could run it the other way around, but that, that, that you wouldn't have the right runoff areas uh, for that one. Don't take away the Grand Prix track at Silverstone and make a shorter lap. I, I don't think that would work. Austria, you, you can't really do that with. You can, yeah. you can change the format of the grid. You could make it reverse grids if you wanted. The engineers don't like reverse grids. They say it's really dull and boring, but they've not mm. factored in drivers into their equations yet. And I think you need the, the random driver uh, factor in that. I, I still think reverse grids, certainly for a qualifying race, could work. And now's a really good time to try it, personally. But that's just my thoughts. I, yeah. no, I, I don't think we'll get various formats. But what I do think we're going to get and, and, and once again, it comes down to the random driver factor, is 20 guys that are desperate to get out, go racing, prove how good they are, and have some fun. Because yeah. they've been cooped up for a long time. It's like a greyhound. You're about to let them out the, uh, the starting traps, and, and they're, they're, they're after that bunny. And I just think we're going to get some ruthless, relentless racing yeah. this year. As the drivers put on a show and a display that we can all remember back very fondly and think, well, it might not have had all the fans there. We might not have been cheering on from Champions Club in the way that we wanted. But I tell you what, the, the drivers gave us brilliant races. But I am yeah. the eternal optimist. And this is, this is how I live my life. There's, there's always something better okay. coming along. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. You've got to be. And uh, unfortunately, all good things must come to an end. And that's where we are today. I'm so very sorry to uh, to have to call this uh, yeah. time and, and pull stumps and wave the checkered flag and all those other analogies. But uh, you and your shirts must be somewhere. Oh, well, there you go. Barbecue then. Well, <laughs> we've, been a, uh... we've been marinating meat overnight. It now needs okay. flame. Oh, well, there we go. I'm, uh, I'm going to leave that there. All right, you, sir. Have a, uh, have a wonderful rest of your afternoon. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for, for, for tuning in as well. I have no idea who was out there today. My comments froze after about 30 seconds. So, uh, yeah, Sean McGowan. What a great name. I'd love to meet Sean McGowan. Um, we can make it happen. Honestly, if Sean McGowan was friends with, I don't know, Rick Jagger, that would be a brilliant yeah. partnership, wouldn't it?
Wouldn't it just? Like Wouldn't it just? We could even get them on the grid, maybe. <laughs> right, Crofty, I'm going to let you go, sir. You go and make Take flame, care, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks very Take much care. indeed. Take care, guys. Have a great weekend. See you, buddy. It is uh, David Croft, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Always a pleasure to be chatting uh, with the great man, and we're looking forward to doing it again very soon indeed. And very soon, getting back to Formula One racing, which is what we love the most here at F1 Experiences. We can't wait uh, to take you all back inside and do what we do best. But until that time comes, more great content coming up on the F1 Experiences, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, we are everywhere. Do stay in touch with us. Lots of exciting things just around the corner. Take care. Bye-bye.